Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. The title of this sermon is, Is Your Walk in Christ a Sweet-Smelling Aroma to God? Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. God's Word is breathed out. God's Word is inerrant. And we can't make that same mistake. We can't adapt things into our culture that go against God's Word, meaning that we see things that we know go against God's Word, and yet we're allowing that to to become uncleanliness in our own heart. Next thing you know, you're oozing out. You're marching in a pride rally as a Christian. Or you're championing transgender... transgender, uh, like, you know, the, the, the craziest part about it, I was listening to that this morning on parent, uh, licensed parent. And they were talking about it. They said that the reason why there are more females that are doing it, it's up by 4,000% uh, in England. By 4,000%, girls turn into boys. And they said because girls flock together, right? And one does it, and they see that the other one's getting attention, and they all just start doing it. And they're like, well, she's getting all this attention. I want the same attention. And they had sat down with this 11-year-old girl, and they had been groomed in school. They even had a changing room that was separate from the school with clothes for the child to change into without the parent knowing. And you know what her problem was? All the kids in her class, the boys were ugly to her. She's like, none of them look cute. And all these other girls have all picked boyfriends, and I don't have one. And they were like, you understand that these aren't the only kids. There are other classes. But she allowed herself to be pulled into that. And so we can't adapt or, 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 or accept those things that are uncleanliness to God's word. Just because we, you want to be part of the culture and say, no, you define your truth. No, God defines it. God defines it. And that's the problem. The church needs to get back to, as we talk about being the light, we need to be the light. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. That's what we are to be as we see uncleanliness in this world. Covetousness or greed. It was actually one of the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor. And the word here for covetousness or greed that is used is actually when you acquire more and more possessions to the point where you forget the possessions or the possessions own you. 
So here's my application for you today, for each one of us, because I got hit with this hard this week as I'm looking at this verse, and I'm looking at my garage. I want you to go home today, and anybody else watching this or catching this online, you can do this too. Simple application. Go around your house, go through your closet, go through your jewelry box, go through your garage. Is your house exploding with stuff? And if you have a, Lord, if you have a uh, storage shed, we got a whole other issue. I want you to look and see if there is anything that you have in there that you forgot and you bought it. Like you just completely forgot you bought it. I want you to see if there's anything that's owning you. Is there something that's owning you? And, and man, sometimes for kids, it's, you know, especially young boys, Xboxes. Or PS5s. Like they're owned by those things. They can't turn them off. Is your phone something that's owning you? Take a break from it. Do a fast for 30 days. Just turn it off. Only use it for phone and messages. Simple application. Is, is it possessing you? Or is it something that you just, you bought, like you had such a desire to get, and you just completely forgot you have it? I got a garage full. So Mike's got some cleaning that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks and we're going to stop and if you go i don't know my garage is maybe you're in your ocd and you got like you got some serious like your house is clean everything's labeled and and you go it's not me i want you just to check your bank records you're not getting out of this check your bank records what are you spending your money on because covetousness and greed is something that that we can't be a part of we can't have a part of that and, and honestly, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things that we, you know, I have people that I know that are, are if, if it comes from Dave Ramsey, it's gospel. And money owns them. It owns them. I'm serious. Oh, what Dave Ramsey said. And they're so focused on just money, 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 that they're not focused on what God is trying to do with it. Don't get caught up in covetousness and can read. Don't be staring at your neighbor's stuff going, man, I really wish I had. Now, y'all really going to hate me because I got a new car out there. <laughs> the reason why is my we were trying to help my son-in-law out. Their car broke down. And so, um, but the reality of it is, is like it, it's, um, we still, you know, we're, we're rolling through all that and we still are, are working through it. So, uh, because he needs, a, he needs something for work himself. And so we're. But when you drive the car, when the, uh, the poor guy, the radiator blew and, and it cracked the engine. And so he's, it, they've been through a rough couple of weeks. And so keep them in prayer for sure. But, um, and then we got two cars that broke this week. And God was letting me know. As soon as I got the car, the bird, right on top of it. Let me know the value of that car. Don't put too much value in what you have. Okay? Don't let it, I guess the thing is, is don't let it become an idol. Something that you idolize. And we shouldn't do that. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, what we need to do as a church is, you know, it's so easy to covet. It's easy to covet for churches. Oh, they got that building. We wanted a building. Oh, look at their soundboard. We need a Like, it's, we covet. We'll, we'll go into other churches and covet as, as Christians. We do that, and we're not supposed to be doing that. God bless that the Lord has blessed them with that. Bless, man, praise God. Praise God. Can I tell you the first time I walked into Calvary Houston, I was like, we don't have that. We ain't got that. And I'm like, I'm coveting. And I remember reading through this verse going, man, 
Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then he says, let it not even be named among you as in fitting for the saints. What he's saying here is very simply, like you already have to have the decision before it's ever made. Pornography, not doing it. Sexual morality, not being a part of it, right? Uh, uncleanliness, not going to participate. Covetousness, not, not on my watch. Don't let it be named among you. But that's also for us as a church. These things should not be named among you. You should not be opening your doors to drag queens. It shouldn't even come up in discussion because it goes against God's word. That's why he's so emphatic about that. Don't let this stuff be named among you. You walk in love. You make a sweet-smelling aroma to Christ. And it says, not, neither, he goes on further, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. So filthiness refers to indecency, obscenities. It's, it's disgraceful in its, in its nature. Foolish talk, we talked about that last week about evil speaking, right? You shouldn't have any of that, that coarse joking, uh, vile type jokes that are nasty. Those things shouldn't be named among you. But look what he says. But rather giving thanks. Oh, man. Are you a complainer? In America, we become complainers. We're complaining about everything, right? But in the church, we can't do that. We need to be a church that gives thanks. We need to be a church that actually gives thanks. You go, I don't know what to be thankful for. You're here. You're breathing. You have friends and brothers and sisters among you. You have a roof over your head. You're sitting in air conditioning. Can we go on and give thanks? Right? We give thanks. And that's hard to do, but it's something that we need to start doing more. We need to give thanks. We got two bags. We got two separate tacos today. Thank you. We didn't know that was going to happen, but God blessed us that way. And everybody needs to take tacos home for sure. Verse 5, for this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, not covetous man, who is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. So what he's talking about here is, for you as a follower of Christ... You will face judgment. Okay? Like you continue on in your sin, judgment will come. God will judge you the same way he judged David. When David was in sexual morality. And then had somebody murdered. He judged David. So if you think your sin is just going to continue on, he'll judge it. He's given you an opportunity to deal with it. But what he's talking about as the sons of disobedience and the wrath of God, he's talking about the unbelieving world. They are going to face judgment. But he's saying, look, don't allow yourself to be taken by their empty words and be led astray. Many Christians have had that happen today. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, it says, But we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. He's like, if, if they're not walking with God... You need to separate yourself from them. That's the problem with too many followers of Christ as they allow those friends that were friends that were not following God to influence their life. And they're, they're being taken away by empty words and false things that are being taught. You are a sheep and you have a shepherd. 
Stick close to Him. Don't run from Him. Walk in love with Him. And then He tells you to walk in light. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Simple thing that we have to ask ourselves, are we feeding our flesh or our spirit? Are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding your spirit? Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Our, 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 our mind should be set on the things of the spirit. Because when your mind is set on the flesh, you're automatically going to move the wrong direction and make the wrong decision. As children of light, he's telling you, like, look, you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. God will guide you. You're going to be the light in a dark world. He says, finding out what is, uh, what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We talked about this this past weekend or past Wednesday night when we talked about Lot. As Abram goes and grabs 318 pieces of light to go chase after kings that were took his, his uh, nephew Lot. And that's how we should be. You're called to be the light of the world. And, and unfortunately, what we need is we need more light. We need to stop worrying about, you're supposed to be speaking and you can't do this if you're not walking in love and you're not empowered by the Spirit and you're given the wisdom from God to speak truth and love. The only way you do that is being empowered by the Holy Spirit. But he's saying, look, you expose it. That's why when you see pastors like Shane Eidelman or Jack Hibbs, trying to think of some of the other ones, John Randall, and they're, they're actually being told to shut up. You're not supposed to talk about that from the pulpit. It's like, no, you expose what is dark in this world if it goes against God's word. You are a believer in Christ. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You ask God to give you the wisdom and the words to speak truth and love. The problem is, is we don't have enough truth in this world. We have too many people defining their truth. You had a group, a group of people in Germany dressed up like dogs, acting as and wanting to be treated as dogs because that's their truth. Do you think that's right? Where's the church? Where's the church? The problem is, is the alphabet community got one thing right, community. The church has to get back to being a community, being there for each other, brothers and sisters in Christ, being real with people and saying, hey, look, man, I love you, bro, but what you're doing goes against God's word. I, I, man, I got to tell you that. I want to show you in Scripture. If you don't want to read it, that's fine. You can read it on your own, but I, I can't have no part of that. You be the light. You expose it. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do they, uh, do they uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Why are you to be the light? Because you're glorifying God. I always thought the most important thing in that verse for me that I always took from it. He says it gives light to all who are in the house. It starts in the house. It begins in the home. The light shines there. And then let your light shine before men. 
that they may see your good works and glorify God. Verse 12, For it is shameful even to, even to speak of those things which are done uh, by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Like, how many, like, you, sh you saw Sound of Freedom, and it was shameful even to speak of the evil that was done in the movie. But he's saying, look, you have to expose it. You have to expose it. You have to bring it to light. Are you going to do that? John 8, verse 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And that's why he says, If you awake, you who are asleep, you who are dead to Christ, I can put the light in you through the Holy Spirit. When you choose to follow me, when you confess your sins, you repent and you turn to me and ask me into your heart. And then finally, we see walk in wisdom and empowered by the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, See that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise. That means you're walking with a purpose. You have a purpose. Every day you get up, you have a purpose. You're not unwise. You're not frantic. You're not a, a foolish, crazed person. We see a lot of that, right? People get upset and they're, ah, you know, they're losing their minds. And you're wondering what is going on, but they're, they're, they're fools. They're unwise. They have no purpose in the way they walk. And he's like, don't allow that foolishness to become a hard heart to where you start allowing those behaviors back into your life. And he says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to answer the, ask, answer the question, can you drink? I, it drives me crazy. I think more people ask that question than they care about Scripture. Can I have alcohol? Can I have a glass of wine? Can I have a glass of beer? That's on you. That's between you and God. For me, it's a no. Uh, petites have been known to drink like fish. Alcoholics, drug addicts, and the, and the word that's used there is pharmakia. Are you addicted to some other substance besides, besides wine, right? Just FYI, you're addicted to something besides wine. He's like, don't be filled with that stuff. Why? It's an inhibitor. It allows you to let go of who you truly are to do things that you, sh you tr truly shouldn't be doing. And if you don't believe me, talk to any college kid that went to spring break. If your mom and dad went to spring break, talk to them. Ask them. Say, Dad, let's talk about your drinking when you were young. Did you ever get drunk to the point you don't remember what you did? Be honest. Ask. Be real. Be honest with your kids and tell them, hey, drinking, man, it's, it, it, it's going to put you in situations. And it's not just drinking. It's smoking weed or doing any other drug. But he says that you are to be filled with the Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And he's saying, feed the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be high. Don't be, oh, well, weed's legal. That's the number one question the youth ask at youth camp. Can we smoke weed? Besides, who created God? Those are the two we get. God always existed. FY, that's his origin story. He's always existed. 
And no, you cannot smoke weed to the point where you're so high you don't know what's going on. We were just talking about that. People can't get hired because they're on they're too much doing too much pharmacia. They can't they can't pass the drug test. They can't get a job. Most people can't get hired today because they're doing illegal substances. Things they shouldn't be messing with. And they're not filled with the spirit. But he's saying, look, if you're a Christian, you are to walk in love. Making a sweet aroma. You are to walk in light. But you are to walk in wisdom and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verses 13 and 14, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So he says, as you are filled with the Spirit, this is what we're supposed to do with each other in our marriages, in our families, in this church, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual psalms, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The worship was beautiful. And Teresa looked at me and she goes, you picked great songs. I was like, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was Floor. She did it. Praise God. She did it. It's what God put on her heart to play. But it was making such a sweet melody. And you go, man, I heard you sing, Mike. No, it wasn't. I think one of the girls looked back to go, like, who is that singing? All right? I don't know. Who they were. It was me or Teresa or Gloria. It was one of us three. Petites are not known to have good voices. Gloria's got probably the best voice of the family. But I can tell you, I cannot carry a note at all. But I love singing to the Lord, trying to make a joyful noise to God. But I also love speaking to you through psalms, through psalms, through the word of God, through spiritual songs, making a melody in the heart to the Lord, giving thanks. Hear that? That's twice. Okay? That's two times we are to give thanks. Always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now that verse 21 is going to set up a major verse for next week as we talk about marriages. Husbands, I want to make sure you get this. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. You're supposed to submit to one another first. Okay? And we'll get into that because that's a really cool verse. But a lot of times it's misused. It's probably the one verse men know. You're supposed to submit. And it's like, no, you're supposed to submit to each other first. In the fear of who? God. The fear of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. If we, live by the sp if we live in the Spirit, let us wa also walk in the Spirit. So the question that I have for you today, are you walking and mimicking? So another word you could use for walking is mimic. But are you, are you imitating Christ in your walk? Is it making a sweet-smelling aroma? One way you do that is by denying yourself. You pick up your cross and you follow him daily. Another way you do that is by entering through the narrow gate where the way is hard. That's how you're an imitator of Christ. And we are to be transformed into his likeness. Deny ourselves, walk in his light, enter into the narrow gate and be transformed into his likeness. So what is your application today? Simply go home, look in your closet, look in your drawers, Look in the closet, uh, the garage. Is there anything that you go, man, I don't even remember buying this. I'm guilty of this. So what I'm asking you to do, God convicted me this week. Is it possessing you? 
meaning that the, instead of you owning it, it owns you. Now, the, the way I explain that is very simple. We had a, a sergeant in the, uh, that lived down the street from me. That dude washed his car twice a day. Twice a day. If it rained, he went out and chamoed it. He cared more about that car than he cared about his wife. And, and I'm not kidding. They ended up in divorce, but he had that car. That, that car owned him. Okay? Don't allow stuff to own you. Be honest. And if you go, man, man, I think I've, I've been spending a lot of money this year. Remember, it, it's, it's, again, you're just, don't covet. Don't be greedy. All right? And God will show you where that money needs to go. And, and, and maybe who some of that stuff should go to. Because I'm looking at my garage going, it's a mess. And we cleaned it. A year, what, two, three years ago? It was clean. And it's back again. And, and for some reason, I am the petite storage shed for the whole family, for all five of my adult kids. Everything ends up in my house. So uh, come get your stuff or it's going away. But uh, application, just simply look at, do that part of it. And the other application is, what type of aroma are you making to the Lord? Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 